the hour. Amen. 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 Praise yes. the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We just Praise want to welcome <laughs> everyone this morning. Amen. To yeah. our live Praise the Lord service on today. We thank God for our pastors, pastors yes. Lester yes. and Sharon Hayes, yes. who are going to be feeding us with the word this oh, morning. God, yes. we're so grateful. We thank God that you have taken the time out to join us. It's a blessing to still be able to come together and yes, gather in yes. Jesus name to still get the awesome authentic word of God nothing added to come it, on, nothing God. taken away from come it, on. starting with the word sticking with the yes. word and ending with the word, and so we thank you all who are out there who haven't even accepted Christ into your life yet, oh. praise God, but we thank, thank you, you that yes, because of the yes. authentic word of God that's being fed here to all of us, we thank God that is being fed to you as well, and we pray that this will be the day when you make the, our Lord and Savior Jesus yes. Christ your Savior, because he died for us, amen, so that we may have life. We thank God thank for you. salvation, and we thank God that it will be offered to you on this day. Amen. Yes, yes. So we are so excited. We know the pastors are going to feed us. Oh, I got my yes. bowl ready. Amen. Ready, we thank ready. God Hallelujah. for We have just been feasting on so much awesome yes. word. Amen. The word is the key. Amen. It's the key to survival. Come on. Then, now, and forever. Amen. So we're excited. We're excited that you're all here with us today. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. We welcome everyone. Amen. To, yes. our, to the service today. Amen. Yes. Thank yes. you. I'm Pastor Phoebe Davis. Amen. This is my husband, Pastor Eric Davis, with right. the Pastors of More Than Congress Warriors for Christ Ministries. <laughs> Amen. We thank God for our pastors, our thank pastors you. of New Freedom yes. Christian Ministries. Freedom, New Freedom Christian Ministries family, as well yes, as the more than common words of Christ Always. family. Praise God. We thank God for you and for all those of you who are joining in yes, today. We yes. thank God for you as well. Amen. So Amen. get prepared. All right. Praise be to God. Amen. As Pastor Fever said, praise be to God. We truly thank God. Amen. For our wonderful pastor who God, amen, has given out to his own heart, according to the book of Jeremiah, chapter amen. 3 and 15, not out the people's heart, amen, not out the man's heart, but out the God's own heart. Yes. So, amen, as we introduce them, praise be to God, as Pastor Phoebe was saying, amen, you can never miss a moment, an opportunity. If this is your first time joining in with us, we welcome you, amen, to the New Freedom Christian Ministry and More Than Conquerors Warrior for Christ Ministry two churches, amen, together that is preaching the gospel of Jesus on, Christ through sound doctrine. We love it. We got a zeal on our heart for the Lord. And if you have an opportunity to get on our podcast that we have out there, amen, it's a message that is being produced each and every day. So you always have the opportunity to go back and also join us, amen, Monday through Sunday, every day at 712 775 7085. The access code is 123-218-POUND. I will push that, amen, on the comments below so that you can join with us every morning at 6 o'clock a.m. on the Creating a Prayer Culture for God. We thank God, amen, for the platform. Thank God for all of the messages. We thank God for your uh, ability amen. to allow us to come inside of your home today as we'll continue to practice social distance and being safe, amen, amen. being wise.
eyes, amen, on what with God for the word that is coming on today that Pastor Lester and Pastor Sharon, the living revelation of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who is the Messiah, the amen. Son of the living God, making his claim, amen, here on earth, because God sent Jesus on this earth yes. to walk on this earth to die, but he lives and he sits at the right hand Hallelujah. of the Father in the for you and I, so we can rejoice each and every amen. day. Thank God, thank God, thank God continue to join with us, continue to stay on, stay connected to the awesome word of the Lord as Pastor Lester and Pastor Sharon Hay come forth with the word today. We love them. We thank God for them. Yes. Keep preaching the word, Pastor. Amen. Take it on. Hallelujah. Run and see what the end is going to be. God bless. We love you in yes. Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Enjoy. Enjoy. Hallelujah. Because we sure are. Amen. Come on. Bring the word, pastors. Hallelujah. God bless everyone. <laughs> well, hello, everyone. Thank you all so much for such a wonderful, a beautiful introduction. We just want to say we appreciate you guys. And not only do we appreciate pastors, Davis's Pastor Eric and Pastor Phoebe, we appreciate Brother Quentin and Mother Helen. Happy birthday, Mother yes, Helen. Birthday. You are looking younger and younger each and every day. Yeah, the word is renewing. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. So happy birthday to you. And we would like to just say good morning to everyone and thank you for being with us. Um, I just want to start you off with a word of encouragement. I'll be short. I'll be brief before you and then turn it over to Pastor Lester because I know he started a word this morning. Uh, well, it started a while ago. He's been going through the book of John and um, it's just been a blessing to us all. I can say I've learned many things. I thank you for letting God use you and I just want to continue to learn. And so um, he's going to continue with that today, teaching us from the book of John. So I'd like to also come from the book of John this morning, the 15th chapter. You know, um, God laid this on my heart, and I just want to share it with you as a word of encouragement. You've got to understand, we are here in this world, but we're not of this world. We come from a heavenly place. Yes, Lord. You know, we are part of the body of Christ. Yes, and so even though we respect and we adhere to the law of the land, but we go much further than That's that. Right. And we adhere to the law of Almighty God, the yes, commandments Lord. of God. So I don't want to scare y'all using the word <laughs> law. <laughs> Yeah. Boy, I don't I want you running. Say, oh, she trying to take us back and to the Old Testament. Jesus fulfilled that. Yes. But he didn't change it. Yes. He fulfilled it. All that we couldn't do, he did for yes. us. So anyway, the book of John, the 15th chapter, starting at verse 12. And I'd like to read verses 12 through verse 16, if possible. And then just a few words of encouragement from that. So again, the book of John, 
chapter 15, starting at verse 12. And this is Jesus. It's written in red. So this is Jesus saying this. This is my commandment, that ye love one another as I have loved you. Boy, that is a tall order right there. But you know what? We can work at it, strive at it each and every day. Jesus love, that agape love, that love that just, you know, just reach higher than any other love. It reached deeper and lower than any other love. He loved us so much. He said, even when you're down in the valley, I'll be a lily there for you. So, you know, Jesus have a love that no man, no woman can touch, but we strive. We strive not that that love be of us, but we allow the Holy Ghost yeah. to put that love in our hearts so we that can share love. it abroad, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. So I'm not trying to love a person like that on my own, but what I'm striving to do is allow Jesus to give me that love. Yeah. But once that love is in my heart, I can't just keep it there. Yeah. I have to allow the Holy Ghost to share it abroad. And so he goes on in verse 13. He said, greater love have no man than this, yeah. that a man lay down his life for his friend. Yes. Ooh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for laying Lord. down your life. And he follows it up with verse 14 saying, ye are my friends. Yes. Oh, God, yes, thank yes, you. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, I mean, you just breathe that in. You think about Glory. that a minute. Hallelujah. First of all, he says, no greater love yes. than this, that a man would lay down his life yes. for a friend. Yes. And then he said, ye are my friends. Yes. Oh, thank mm -hmm. you, Jesus. Mm -hmm. Thank you for laying your yes. life down for yes. me, and yes. thank for having me as a friend. Yes. I mean, when I look at myself, I see my imperfection. And I'm not the best friend, <laughs> not the best wife glory, ever. Glory, glory. Striving to be both a good friend and a good wife. Glory. But most of all, to be a better Christian, a yes. better follower after Christ. So, you know, even when we don't hit every note, Thank you, Jesus, for allowing me to sing that song yes, again. Lord. Thank you, Father. And thank you for being my friend. Verse 14, I'm going to finish reading it. Ye are my friends. Mm. If, oh, come on now. If ye do whatsoever yes, I command Lord. you. So Jesus is yes. not shy about yes. saying, you, you're my friends. If yes. you do what I command thank you, you to mm -hmm. do. Verse 15, henceforth, I call you not servants, yeah. for the servant knoweth not what his Lord yeah. Say doeth. that, say that. But I have called you mm. friends all for right. all things that I have heard yes. of my Father, yes. I have made known unto you. Hallelujah. Now hear Jesus, you've got to follow this. It's a precept, you have to follow it. Not only have I laid my life down for you, who is a friend, mm. come on, I've allowed you to know what I am doing. Yes, Lord. 
But I, what I am doing, I'm doing of the Father. Hallelujah. And I'm letting you know exactly what the Hallelujah. Father is doing. So here we see first there is this relationship between Jesus and ourselves. But now the Father is brought yes, into the relationship. Lord. And he's allowing us to know. And maybe I shouldn't say brought into the relationship because he's in the relationship. But a lot of times, Jesus have to remind us that he and the Father are one yes. and the same. And not only did he lay down his life, God laid down his son's life. Yes, Lord. And I thank him for that. My final verse, verse 16. Ye have not chosen me. So many times people say, Pastor, oh, I found Jesus. Come like on. Jesus was out there lost. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus had never been Hallelujah. lost. Jesus found me. Come on. I was out there lost. Yeah. I didn't know up from down, left from right, east from Hallelujah. west, north from south. I was lost yes. and Jesus found yes. me. Thank you, Jesus, for not leaving me out there lost. Yeah. I really do appreciate that. Amen. He goes on to say, ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you yeah. and ordained you that ye shall go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit shall remain. Yes, that whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. Lord. Don't forget to ask the Father Lord. in the name yes, of Jesus. Lord. Don't forget. See, when we ask the Father mm -hmm. in the name of Jesus, we're acknowledging yes. Jesus in this relationship. Hallelujah. It was you, Jesus, who brought me back to the Father. Come yes. on. Yes. It wasn't my pastor. Yes. It wasn't my best friend. It wasn't my prayer partner. It wasn't the one that I have here on this earth, mm. but it was you, Jesus. Yes. It was you. Hallelujah. And so, Father, we thank, thank you for Lord. sending Jesus in yes, our lives. Lord. And before the day is over, before mm -hmm. we're finished here, you'll know how to get to know Jesus yes, for yourself. Lord. You'll find out. Hallelujah. You'll know. Hallelujah. And so, without further ado, I don't want to hold this word mm -hmm. up any longer, even Hallelujah. though you're getting the word now. Yeah. But pastor I know have studied long and hard and I want him to be able to have enough time to present the word to you so for some of you I present and to others I introduce pastor Lester Jerome Hayes my wonderful husband my wonderful pastor amen. I love you I love you God too bless. pastor Sharon amen well praise the Lord praise the Lord I tell you God is so good, amen, amen. Just like to thank all of you for joining in our non-denominational worship service this morning. Thank you for those who got on this morning at 6 a.m. creating a prayer culture for God uh, uh, on podcasts, all of those joining us all around the world. Uh, and thank you for coming back today on our Facebook Live. And just thank God. I have so much to be thankful for. Thank God for our Bishop of Technology, uh, Brother Quentin, amen, for getting all this together where we can have virtual church and still assemble together. Thank God for Pastor Eric and Pastor Phoebe, amen, for that awesome introduction. And thank God for the gift that he's placed in them, amen, is continuously making room for them, that desire, that love to 
please God, to, to hear the word of God and to do that word. And we're all striving, amen. And so we just, we have so much to be grateful for. Thank God for my awesome wife. Have a verbal expression in her mouth. You heard it a minute ago. God has put that there, amen. And, and you know, we all labor together in ministry together because we don't believe in first lady and elect lady and all that other stuff that people have let crept into this, this, into this experience. But we believe that God is, as Pastor Eric said, alluded to, he's given us pastors after his own heart. That's in the book of Jeremiah chapter three, verse uh, 15. And you have to understand that he did not give us pastors to the body of Christ after our own heart. He gave them after his own heart. Amen. And so we don't take that lightly. We don't take that for granted. So again, just want to thank all of you up front for taking the time out, thinking it not Robbie, to join us this morning. And uh, I'm just believing God that the word that has already gone forth is beginning to minister to you. Pastor Sherry talked about that love. You know, there's nothing we can do to improve God's love. There's nothing we can do to annul his love. There's nothing else we can do but accept that love and then share it with someone because it's complete as it's going to be. It's that unconditional love. Amen. Great love. You know, awesome love, faithful love. Nothing else can happen to improve on it or make God love us any more, any less. And so we're just stuck with the love of God. He's already demonstrated that through Jesus Christ, who died for us when we were yet sinners, Christ died. Amen, the scripture says. And so we thank God for that, you know, in the book of Romans chapter 5, verse 8. That's an awesome love right there. And the Bible says in the book of um, the book of Romans chapter 5, verse 5, it's been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. That means God has taken a broad brush and everything that is of us and that we call love, you know, we like to do for people that can do for us. And we call that love. And, you know, you got to buy me a gift and all of this and do that. We call that love. And that's okay. That's Philippian love. But that, 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 that agape love, it's a broad bridge that is stroked across our heart that God has given us the ability to be able to love everybody all the time and in every situation. Amen. And, you know, that, that sets up for what I'm going to talk about today. We've been now for a few weeks. Uh, endeavoring to teach the living revelation of Jesus Christ as we find it in the book of John. There's 21 chapters there. And the Lord mandated to me that I teach this starting from chapter one all the way to chapter 21, uh, making sure that we talk about the signs and the wonders and the miracles that were done by Jesus and all the witnesses who witnessed those miracles and all of, 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 of the revelation that he gave to John the Revelator, the one that he so loved that laid on his bosom and, you know, the one that was stoned in that big old hot pot of oil that survived it, you know, the one who wrote the book of John, the one who wrote the three uh, epistles of John and Revelation. And so that's the John that we're talking about. And uh, the Lord just mandated that we share the revelation that he received from Christ you know, unveil what it, it, there is there in the scriptures about Jesus, because we believe sometimes people just kind of glass over stuff, but we've been breaking it down, you know, book upon book, chapter upon chapter, verse upon verse, precept upon precept, not in no hurry to rush through anything, but just taking our time and unveiling it and revealing these revelations. And as we do that, as we're seeing and hearing, the Lord is pouring more and more into us about what we need to know about Jesus. Amen. And so I want to speak to you this morning, uh, uh, just a continuation from this morning. And as you heard earlier, I'm Pastor Lester, 
Hayes, uh, Pastor Sharon and I, we are pastors of New Freedom Christian Ministry. We're Pastor Eric and Pastor Phoebe's uh, pastors, amen. Uh, they're pastors of more than conquerors, Warriors. they hold their own, amen. And we're just there, man, as a team, amen. And we work together, we labor and love together in ministry. And they are pastors, that's Pastor Eric and Pastor Phoebe, our, our firstborn daughter and her husband. It ain't no Pastor Eric and First Lady, Pastor Phoebe, and, and co-pastor. You know, that ain't in the Bible. You know, go to the White House if you're looking for a First Lady. But you come to the church house looking for pastors out to God's own heart. Amen. Great reason to join the ministry. And so we just wanted to echo that because what I'm going to be talking about today is going to tie right into that. And so I want to draw your attention to the book of John, chapter 5. And uh, we're going to pick up our discussion in verse 20. But I want to say some things that have just been pressed on my heart. Uh, there are so many claims that are being made out there. People say, well, yeah, I'm a pastor. I'm a pastor this. I'm bishop this. And they make all of these claims. Amen. And I, I read them on Facebook. I see them on the videos. It's like they're working so hard, man, to try to create something when all of our claims should be what Jesus claimed. Because once you claim what he claimed, he'll give you the proof to bring it to pass. Because it's not our word, it's his word, as we often refer to the book of Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 12. When he said, Jeremiah, tell me what you see. You know, he want to know what you see. And then if you see what he's trying to show you, then you can proclaim that and he'll give you the proof. He'll bring it to pass. The fruit will be there. The results will be there. But it's when you try to make all these claims based on your title, your title does not give you authorization to try to make a claim that ain't backed up and documented by the word. I know we perpetually do it all the time. And we think just because people hear, I'm apostle so-and-so and I'm bishop so-and-so. And I look at this stuff, man, I was like, where is the documentation? Where is it documented? Give me the scripture. Because I want to go back and see, is that what Jesus proclaimed? Is that what he taught? Because if it's not, it's not really worth the weight of the words that came out of your mouth. You got to have some documentation these days. You can't go out creating your own stuff. Because one thing I know about Jesus is this. Jesus did not plant weeds. He planted seeds. Okay, so if we're going to plant, because he's given to us seed, Book of Mark chapter 4 talks about the word of God. But he did say there are four types of ground out there. And so I want to be able to teach and preach to the good soil that they can receive the word. And the word will grow in them, and, and it'll, it'll be established in their life. Amen. They'll be rooted and grounded in it. And that's why we always stick with the word of God. We stay with the word of God. And therefore, we end with the word of God. You know, we don't go out creating our own righteousness. You know, that Bible talks about that leaven of the Pharisees. So we make all these claims because we think we got a title and authorization to do it. But we give no documentation. We give no scripture. But I want to look at Jesus here because one of the things I love about Jesus is this, as my daughter, Pastor Phoebe, taught the other morning out of the book of Luke, chapter 8, verse, I think it's verse, um, verse 20, 21. She said this, and this stuck with me. It says that as it was told him by certain which say it, there were people that came to Jesus because they were just looking at who his mama and who his dad, who his family was, his physical brothers and sisters. They didn't have no clue about the revelation about what Jesus was really trying to reveal to them. They missed that. And that's what's happening today with people. They grab a little something, they run out their man and start, don't even investigate and examine, do I really understand what he's saying? Do I get the big picture? Do I get the spiritual implication here or connotation here? But he says this, they came and told him that, you know, certain said, thy mother and thy brethren stand without. Yeah, they was without. They were looking at Jesus, but they had they didn't have the revelation of what he was doing or what he was talking about. That's how a lot of people are. 
When they hear Jesus, they think they got it. They think they got it. They think they got it. You know, he says without. They don't have the revelation. And if you go back to the book of John, chapter 20, verse 31, Jesus said to, to John, the revelator, these things are given that you might know that he is the son of God mm -hmm. and that you can only have eternal life through Jesus Christ, through him, through his name. And so, see, sometimes people run off before they get the full revelation, which is why we're doing the, taking our time and revealing the revelations of who Jesus Christ is. So people will know that you just can't read over stuff and think you've got it. You got to make sure you got it. And you don't have to use no private interpretation because the word of God interprets itself, as we're going to see here. Then he goes on to say, desiring to see thee. They didn't want to see the physical man, Jesus. Okay. They didn't want to look at that he was the son of God and his mission was bigger than just them. Okay. Look at what he says here. And he answered and said unto them, check out this claim he's making now. My mother and my brethren are these which hear the word of God and do it. And so many times what we have is this. People are just repeating the word, but they're not doing the word. And James says, don't be a forgiver hearer, but a doer of the work. And so that's kind of where people are falling off the boat at, you know. They're getting the word, but they're not doing it. They're not doing the work. They're just getting the word, hearing the word, and as far as it goes. And sometimes it's really not what's documented or it's not what is meant because it's what we think, not so much what it's meant as we see in this scripture right here. Jesus is saying, my family is just not limited to my biological half-brothers and sisters, my, my biological mother and father, you know. But he's saying it's much broader than that. It's those out there. And it could be a drug addict. It could be a, 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 a alcoholic. It could be somebody out there lost that's on their way, have not yet come. And they could be the one like we saw, the impotent man, the lady at the well. Man, once these people, man, got that revelation that who they was dealing with was Jesus, they hung around long enough to get that revelation. That lady at the well, man, in the book of John, the fourth chapter, verse 24, she took off and went and told everybody about a man who she met at the well, told her all about everything that was going on in her life. Sometimes people don't hang around because, see, their deeds are evil. They don't want to hang around. Don't talk too much about Jesus. Don't talk too much. Don't, don't get too deep into it now. I just want you to skim over it and make me feel good. Tell me what I want to hear. My ears are itching to hear what I want to hear. But they don't really want to be free. That's what the word does. It frees you so you can really hear. And so he goes on and he makes that claim. So the Bible we see now, there are so many claims that are made, not only in the Bible, okay? But one thing I love about the claims that Jesus makes in the Bible, he gives proof and provides proof for every one of them. That's what I love about what John wrote. He, he wrote the revelation. He showed us the signs. He showed us the miracles. In other words, every claim was proven with corresponding actions. Now I want to challenge the clergy out there. How many of the claims you have made that have actually proved out with signs and miracles that follow? Because if it's not, then guess what? The, the, the prophetic word in the book of Isaiah chapter 55, verse 11, Jesus said this, if you are mouthpiece and you're speaking on the behalf of God, he says, so shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. If your mouth been saved for him to use to declare the good news of the gospel, when that gospel goes out of your mouth, if it's his gospel, he's watching over it to perform it. And he said, it's going out, but it's not coming back forward. It's going to do what I sent it to do and take care of the purpose for which I sent it. 
but it's got to be his authentic, infallible word of God. It can't just be stuff you make up. It can't be stuff you think is there. You got to know. You got to dig. You got to study as a workman who needed not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Cutting that word straight. Don't add nothing to it. Don't have no private interpretation. Just declare it the way he said it. Because that's his claim. It ain't your claim. Jesus does not plant weeds. He plants seed. And he's given to us sowers to sow seed. That there'll be more seed in the next generation. And more seed in the next generation. Why? Because he's always about maintaining a seed bed in every generation. Because if it doesn't start in that generation, he's making sure that it gets started in the next generation. To the third and fourth generation. Blessing your seed and my seed. That it might continue. This is a continuation until we endure to the end. In fear and trembling, working out our salvation. That we might be saved. We ain't saved yet. We might be saved. From eternal damnation. And he goes on here and he says, there are so many claims that are being made. Claims are made without proof. You know, we always got to provide the proof of what we're saying. Jesus Christ claimed equality with the Father. And he proved it because he said, hitherto my Father work and so do I. In other words, he was saying, look, he claimed that God was his Father. But I love it. He did not do anything that his Father did not do. Whatever his father, he saw his father do, that's what he did. Whatever we see in the Bible that Jesus is doing, we should imitate and emulate our ministry after him. We don't have to go out and create nothing new. Make up stuff. Trying to make ourselves sound wonderful. Got people right now all over the place, tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine. Like a ship on the ocean. No stability. All that instability out there. And when a crisis hit, they don't know what to do because when the, when the storm was not there, you didn't teach them nothing. And it's too late to teach them in the middle of the storm. Making all these claims, but ain't got nothing to back it up. Nothing to back it up. So I want to talk to you today. Where's your proof? You know, that's the revelation that hit me. Where is your proof, clergy? Where's your proof, men and women of God? Where's your proof to all this stuff you're saying? Where's your proof? Show some proof. Where's some evidence? You know, it ain't your, your title not going to do it. You have to have some word. Jesus is watching over his word that should be coming out of our mouth. Not your word, but his word. You know, Jeremiah, tell me what you see. He want to know what you see when you look in the word. Too many of us seeing houses and cars and all this other stuff and cash outs and aggressively begging people for money. <clears throat> That's what we're seeing. What's in it for me? What can I get out of it? You're seeing your next anniversary. You're seeing your next Christmas present. You're seeing your next whatever, your next suit, your next pair of shoes. That's what you're seeing when you look in the Word. It's called a prosperity gospel. And I don't have any problem with it, but he said, Beloved, I wish above all things that that would have prospered, 3 John 2, even as your soul prosper. He want to know what do you see that's going to help your soul to be whole, to be made well and complete. And if you seek first the kingdom of God, his way of doing things. He said, I'll add all these things to you anyway. I know what you have need of. But he wants that soul to prosper first. When that woman was at the well, it was her soul that got free. When that man was impotent at that, at that porch of Bethesda for, for, for 38 years, it was his soul that got free. He quit looking for a man to put him in the pool when the angel troubled the water. 
The woman had the issue of blood for 18 years, couldn't in no wise straighten herself up in the book of Luke chapter 13. It was when she got in contact with Jesus and Jesus saw her searching for him and seeking for him. And immediately the Bible says she straightened up. Another woman had an issue of blood for 12 years. She fought through the crowd trying to get to him just to touch him because she had heard that he was coming. She'd been coming every year trying to get to him. And she fought through the crowd because she knew what she wanted. She knew what she was like. That's the touch from Jesus. And it dried up her hemorrhage. And he said, who touched me? Virtual has gone out of me. This old claim we make it, man, ain't got no power in it. Go back to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 20. Listen to what he said. He said, the kingdom of God is not in word only, but in power. A lot of times we get the word just like the disciples that came to Jesus and told him what his family was looking for. They were looking for recognition that that's our, that's our son, that's our brother. You know, but he said they left the power. They didn't, get, they didn't want the power. You know, they just wanted the word. And so many times that's what people do, running all over the world, going to all these mega conferences. I need to go get me a word from the prophet. I need to go look at this list of who's going to be speaking on the stage. You running, spending money you don't have, trying to get a word. You don't do nothing with the words you got last year at the conference. So the conversation has not been about the word. It's not been about the results of the word. It's not been about your life being changed and changed by the word. It's about the conference. You're excited about the conference. And you come back and call all your friends. Look, you got to go with me next year. Oh, girl, they had so-and-so there and so-and-so worship. And they prayed. But you know what? But did the word change you? <clears throat> he said it won't come back. Boy, where's your proof of what you heard? Where's your proof of the word that you went to get? Where's the proof? There ought to be some change. You ought to come back like the woman from the well. Go tell everybody you know. Girl, I'm changed. I've been renewed in my mind. I've been renewed in my body. I've been healed in my body. Why? Because the power followed the word. <laughs> Why? God watched over his word. He honors his word. Don't be a word chaser. Be a God chaser. Chase the power. Did you get the power? Did you get, did you get that power? And so let's go on here. I want to talk to you about that. Where is your proof? Uh, proof, uh, you know, what do we mean when we say the word proof? Uh, is your proof based on your experience without an experiment with the word? Or are you just talking a good game? You know, what God is offering us is this, just like we saw with Jesus. He's offering us an experience with him on a personal relationship with him. And those who are in the body of Christ, your pastor after his own heart, he wants you to have that personal experience. Okay, but he don't want you to have it without an experiment of the word they're giving you. That word experiment means that there's some testing. There's some, there's some stuff taking place. There's some things being renewed in you. Because if any man or woman be in Christ Jesus, old things are passed away, and behold, all things have become new. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. And guess what that tells you? That's the word now. You're not able to walk in the newness of life. The newness of life. Not the old things of life, not dibbling and dabbing back into the flesh, being in this world, but not of this world, being not conformed to the things of this world, but being you transformed by the renewing of your mind by the word of God. The book of Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. 
So where did that experiment? Where did that word change you? Where did that word cut you? The Bible says in the, in, in the book of Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, it says this, that the word of God is powerful and quick and sharper than any two-edged sword. <clears throat> it cuts asunder between the dividing of soul and spirit, bone and marrow, and it is a penetrator of the thoughts and intents of the heart of man. It discerns them. That's what the word does. It has that power to do that. You know, so you can't just have the word without the power, but this is what happens when you try to mix weeds with seed. You know, this is why the Lord had to help us out preachers. He said, look, just preach it. Let the weed and the tares grow together. I'll separate because y'all don't know what you're doing. You're trying to make yourself an authority to tell who's going to be saved, who's going to be in the church. That ain't what he told you to do. Stop making all these claims that ain't based on nothing but your understanding. And so it's got to be an experience with God, an experience in the body of Christ that changes your life. Where now you can, you can live your life experimenting with the word of God. Applying the word of God to every situation that pertains to life and Godliness and getting those results that he promised. Where's your proof? Jesus made claim, but back it up with proof. And too many of us out here claiming stuff, decreeing stuff, and, and no proof, nothing. Because we're basing it on my title. I'm Bishop so-and-so, and, 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 and I'm Prophet so-and-so, and I'm Apostle so-and-so. Ain't no power in that title. The power is in the word of God, as we just learned in the book of Hebrews, chapter uh, 4, verse 12, King James Bible. So let's go a little further here. We learned this morning, listen to this verse of scripture. I'm going to talk about proof now. It says uh, in the book of Hebrews, chapter 5, verse 12 and 14, the King James Bible, it says, For when for the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God. Out there trying to teach something, they never been taught nothing. Out there trying to be an authority and on the way there to be under authority. And are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. I don't care how many boards in the church appointed you based on your standards with the in the brotherhood or whatever hood. Doesn't give you no authorization from God to do what you're doing. So that don't mean that mean that all your claims is not based on what God says, it's based on what they say. And he goes on to say, he said, principles of the oracles of God. It's got to be established and based on that. That's what the word says. And he says, for everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness. Now you might have a word based on the tradition of men that makes the glorious gospel of no effect, but that don't mean that it's based on righteousness. Because righteousness only come from God. You know, you don't come from self-righteousness. It comes from God. The blood of Jesus makes us righteous. And we can declare we the righteousness of God because of the blood of Jesus, the finished work of Jesus on the cross. Not because some 10-pound board heard you do a 15-minute trial sermon and slap some stripes on you or, or some titles on you. It's not authentic. It's the tradition of men. That's the way they do it. For everyone that uses milk unskillfully, in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belonging to them that are of a full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. We judging and we criticizing, but we ain't discerning. 
learn something from Paul, from, uh, from, from, uh, from Solomon. Lord came to him and asked him, Solomon, what is it that I can do for you? You know, you got all the money, you got all the wealth, you know, you got all the status quo. What is it that I can do for you? And he said, Lord, I, I just want to be able to discern between what is right and what is wrong, not so that he could get more money or be more famous. He said that I might be able to govern the affairs of the people that I'm over right now, that I'm king over right now. We don't want no, no, no anointing to be able to do that. We want to figure out, man, how we can manipulate and exploit and see the people to get more of their money. That's what's going on out there. All our claims is about cash out, send me this, send me that. Be a blessing to this ministry. You know. I'm saying, he said, I want to be able to discern what, 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 is, what, is, what, 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 what is the yoke that's on these people I'm leading. I'm leading. I want to know how to destroy that. I want that power to do that. Lord said that you've asked is a good thing, man. You know. Over in the book of Numbers, chapter 14, verse 22 and 24, the King James Bible says this: Because all those men which have seen my glory and my miracles, which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness, and have tempted me now these ten times, and have not listened, hearken to my voice. Didn't hearken to his voice. We don't hearken to God's voice. We get big. We get five or 600 people in the church, man, and we go crazy. We want to build a bigger church, you know. We want the people to give more money. Say, but you got to hearken to my voice. I don't care about a bigger church because a bigger church is just a place for more sinners to hide. But he wants bigger believers in the church. Regardless of what size of the church, but are the believers bigger? Are they leaving the conferences, going back and having proof for, the, for what was proclaimed at the conference? He said, surely they shall not see the land which I swear unto their fathers, neither shall any of them that provoke me see it. But my servant, listen, Caleb, my servant, Caleb, Caleb didn't go to be served, but Caleb came to serve God. He said, the greatest in the kingdom is those who serve. But a lot of us got 19 armor bearers. We got people to carry our Bible, cup of water, the fresh towel to wipe the sweat off my head. That's what your wife, your pastor wife should be doing. Got all these folks, man, serving you when you should be serving them. It's backwards. And that's what, we, that's what we're claiming. We're claiming that I got to have me so many armor bearers. I got to have me somebody to do this. Go get my clothes out the cleaner. Go wash my car. Go do all this stuff. Go set up my anniversary, set up my birthday party, do all this stuff. Don't have no proof that that's of God, that's of you. Got all these people running around, struggling, serving you. Or y'all. The Lord said, you provoking me. What about my servant, Caleb? Wonderful example there. <clears throat> you know, because he had another spirit with him, you know. And have followed me fully. Hope y'all hearing this. Him will I bring into the land whereunto he went, and his seed shall possess it. There's a proof right there. It's going to be in your seed. If you serve me, Caleb, and he did, him and Joshua went back and they had a good report out of 12 spies. They're the only two, man, that, 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 that prospered in the in the in the in the in the new. You know, in, in, the, in the kingdom at the time. Why? They did it God's way. So there was proof of what they claimed. They came back and said, look, we can occupy, we can possess this land. 
Everybody else came back talking about how big the grasshoppers was, how big the bundles of fruit were. Missed it. Missed it. But these two spies came back, and what, what God had claimed to them, he proved and demonstrated to them. And then he said, you're going to be blessed, and your seed going to be blessed. There is the proof right there. What God said, he, he'll back it up. He'll prove it. He don't make claims and not back them up and not bring it to pass. Over in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 2, verse 6, the King James Bible, where's your proof? He says, neither said they, where is the Lord that brought us up out of the land of Egypt that led us through the wilderness, through a land of deserts and of pits, through a land of drought and of the shadow of death, through a land that no man passed through and where no man dwelt. But the Lord claimed to them that I'm going to bless you in the promised land. Everybody else had doubt. But Caleb and Joshua said, no, God proclaimed this. I believe God going to prove this. I believe God going to demonstrate this. That's why you got to put him in remembrance of what he said. What did he claim? That's where the proof is going to be. What did he say? What is written? Thus said the Lord, all the prophets, major and minor prophets, every time they prophesied, they said the Spirit of the Lord came upon me. They didn't speak behind their title. They spoke what the Spirit of the Lord came upon them and showed them and inspired them with. They said, the word of the Lord came to me. Thus said the Lord. Sound familiar? Wasn't based on their title. It was based on what God had claimed and what he was going to prove and what he was going to bring to pass, not only to you, but to your seed and your seed seed. To as many generations as he pleased. <clears throat> he claimed it. He's going to bring it to pass. He's going to prove it. want you to know that it was him that said it, not man. Not some person with a title saying all this stuff that's not documented in the Bible. God ain't obligated to bring that stuff to pass because you said it because you got a title, a self-appointed title. You can call yourself a bishop, an apostle, or a prophet all you want to. And don't go out here and be a two-churchy with three members, and, and you can build a dozen of them. Don't make you no apostle. An apostle is someone who's an eyewitness to what Jesus did, and you want that. And he said, a bishop has got to be a, a man after, that's married to one wife. And some of you that have been married eight times and running around and talking about you a bishop. Missing all the qualifications. Yeah, I'm saying it because it's true. That's what the word says. You can go read it. Go read the qualifications and see if you line up. Stop making all these claims that ain't backed up by no proof. Don't create your own proof. Jesus planted seed. He didn't plant weeds. Too many people out there have been fed weeds and not seeds. The word of God, according to the book of Mark, chapter 4, it says, look, there are four types of ground. Which type are you? He said, I've given seed to the sower. And when you sow the word, it's a seed. It ain't money. It's a seed. It's the word. And he said, first there's a seed, and then there is a blade, and then there's a fool here in the blade. It goes on to say in the book of Zechariah, chapter 11, verse 14 through 17, the King James Bible, he says, Then I cut asunder mine other staff, even bands, that I might break the brotherhood. Listen to this. Break the brotherhood between Judah and Israel. There's a lot of brotherhood between God and the church right now. And God's trying to break that band. He's trying to break that stronghold because there have been an infiltration of Illuminati-type preachers right now and brotherhood that are promoting each other in the ministry right now. And you're 
teaching a doctrine, man, that is doctrine, is watered down, it's not uh, the authentic, infallible, authentic word of God, and, and it's misleading people right now. <clears throat> and it's making the glory of the gospel of no effect. You add into it, you're putting your little leaven in there, and it's leavening the whole lump, and it's not getting God's people to where they need to be. So that there's proof that they say, there's proof that the truth has made them free. Now they can stand fast in the liberty where Christ has made them free, not the brotherhood, not the doctrine of the Illuminati that's infiltrating the churches right now. I'm calling it out. There's no greater foundation that can be laid than that that has already been laid, the teaching of the apostles and prophets where Jesus Christ is still the chief cornerstone. And according to David in the book of Psalm chapter 127, verse 1 through 3, except the Lord build the house, all your labor is in vain. You try to build it, Where's the proof that you're authentic? You're called of God, sanctified and filled and consecrated with the Holy Ghost and the scriptures, which is God's word, which is truth. He goes on to say here, uh, between the brotherhood between Judah and Israel, got the brotherhood right now between God and his church. And the Lord said unto me, take unto thee yet, the instruments of the foolish shepherd. All this other stuff that you're trying to convince people. Claiming stuff that ain't even happening. Been claiming it for years. People sitting up in the church bound. Bound by the tradition of men that are continuously making the glorious gospel of no effect. Paul said in the, to the Corinthian church, he said, I did not come to you with the excellency of speech. This is after he had gotten saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. Now he's ready to preach and he said, look, I did not come to you anymore with the excellency of speech or my philosophy or my enticing words or my, my fables and folk tales. No, I came to you with a demonstration of the spirit and power of God because when I proclaim this good news, Paul said, I'm looking for results. I'm looking for miracles. I'm looking for signs and one of the Follow those who believe, and in his name, you're going to cast out demons. You're going to lay your hands on the sick, and they're going to recover. You're going to speak with new tongues, and if you drink it, it's dead important as doctrine out there. It will not harm you. Goes on to say here, foolish shepherds, all that stuff you trying to entice people and promote your own doctrine, your own gospel. To beware of the righteousness of the Pharisees because there's no righteousness at all. For lo, I will raise up a shepherd in the land who shall not visit those that are cut off. These ain't got no time for that. He only gonna, those he called is the ones he gonna use. And he says, neither shall seek the young ones nor heal that that is broken, nor feed that that standeth still, but he shall eat the flesh of the fat and tear their claws in pieces. Woe to the idle shepherds that leaveth the flock. The sword shall be upon his arm and upon his right eye. His arm shall be clean, dried up, and his right eye shall be utterly darkened. What he's saying is this right here. Look, if you have not been tested and tried and proven, your claims are just claims. And the Lord is sick and tired of you claiming stuff that ain't documented. And look at what he says is going to happen. It's right there. That's what the word proof means. Have you, have you experienced what you're preaching and teaching? Mm. Or you're, you're, are you without experimentation? You know, the word, the word really worked in your life? Or are you just coming up with stuff to say, man, to make people think you're authentic? 
Some of you don't even have the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You can't preach without the spirit of truth. That was the promise of the Father. Just because you say you got the Holy Ghost, but there's no evidence of the Holy Ghost. And the scripture is very clear on what the evidence is. And Jesus said, if you don't have my spirit, you can claim all day long that you're mine. But where's your proof? There's got to be some evidence. Where's the proof? Where's the proof? Peter preached to them and told them about how they crucified Jesus. And he said that pricked their heart what they heard him say. These were saved folks. These were some of your, some preachers in that crowd that he preached to them under the power of the Holy Ghost. And he said they convicted them. And they said, Peter, what must we do? And he said, repent ye and be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. This is a promise unto the Father for you and your children, and as, as many as the Lord our God is calling as many as are far off. This is the gospel that's got to be preached. This is what Philip preached to the unit. This is what his four daughters went out and prophesied that y'all talking about God didn't call no woman to preach. You better go read the book of Acts chapter 2, verse 18. He said, I poured out my spirit on my servants and my maidservants, and they went out and they prophesied. Don't create your own. My God don't use no women. That ain't documented. That's based on your tradition, your title. Say it all you want to. Stop planting weeds and plant the seed so people can be free. And then they can stand fast in the liberty where Christ has made them free, not you. And never be entangled with the yoke of bondage again. Free people. Get free so you can free people. So let's go down here, man, to the book of John chapter 20. Let me just read this right here. Had a conversation with a dear friend. I call him a friend and a brother in Christ. We've been going back and forth. And my wife, and Pastor Eric and his wife, Pastor Pete, we've been trying to teach people for a long time, ever since we, we came into the knowledge of the truth from God's word, that people need to stop saying, just because you've got a title that God don't use, women to preach. I've had too many pastors here in the South to tell me that we got to protect the pulpit from these women, from these gals, from these girls. And they take one verse of scripture over there. And I think it's the second book of Corinthians chapter seven, where Paul was addressing an issue in the church about women bringing their arguments from home because the husband didn't let them say nothing at home. So they start bringing it to church. And while they up there going about doing their thing, the women would bust them out because they thought they were hypocrites. You live one way at home and then you live another way in the church. One incident. And now you done disqualify all the other documentation in the Bible. Because it's a don't let a woman speak. That was one situation. That was not the whole Bible. And when you go look at all the other documentation, stop making that claim because it's not based on the word, the whole word. Because you can't deny Philip's daughters. Philip was a man of God. He was a great evangelist. He was one of Paul's top seven ministers and pastors and he went out and evangelized he had four daughters they were virgin daughters and they went out and prophesied and that word prophesied mean they went out and ministered it's all right there in the book of acts and then you can't deny that deborah who was one of the judges she ruled over the affairs of the people in israel at the time she was a judge she had a lot to say about what this. she shaped a lot of the outcomes of people out and she had proof of what she claimed she claimed to be a judge and guess what 
She had proof. She judged those people. And Barack told her, if, if you don't go with me, I'm not going out here and fight against nobody because he understood the anointing that was on her life. And he got under her authority. And he said, if you don't go, I'm not going. He recognized the authority and anointing of God on her life, the lead to be a judge in that position of authority over that army, over those people, you know. And so you can't just create your own stuff there. You know, you have to look at the scriptures, okay? The spirit of God was poured out on his servants and his maid servants. It's in the book of Acts, chapter 18, the King James Bible. Then if you go over to the book of Acts, chapter 21, verse 89, the King James Bible, you see Pastor Phoebe. I'm so glad my daughter's name is Pastor Phoebe. She was, man, Paul endorsed her. Paul covered her. Paul said, trusted her, man, with letters to take to the church in Rome. Because Paul knew, I found this lady. I found this pastor. She was having church in her house. In her house. Having church. Pastoring the congregation. And Paul stumbled upon her. And he endorsed her. And Paul, is, to me, has got more anointing as an ambassador for Christ on his life than some of these jackrabbit apostles running around here with all these titles and messing these folks' lives up. It ain't based on no documentation, just because you said it. But go look at what Paul said. Go look at what was claimed from the scripture and see how much what you're saying is lined up and backed up and supported by what's documented. That's all I ask you to do. Stop making up stuff. Stop leaning to your own understanding. But acknowledge God in all of your ways and he'll direct your path. He planted seeds when he preached. He didn't plant weeds. Stop planting weeds in people's lives. Plant some seeds. God has given seed to the store. He wasn't talking about money. He was talking about the word. Plant that and let God give increase. Put him in remembrance of that. Let him give increase. He watched over his word to perform his word, not your word, his word. Why are we not getting the kind of results that we're supposed to be getting? The apostle Paul mentioned in the book of Romans chapter 16, verse 1 to the King James Bible, you know, who about Phoebe again, and he told them what to do. Take care of her. Go with her. In other words, Paul knew she had a word in her mouth. She had something to say on the behalf of God, you know. You know, there's no first ladies, all these claims y'all making. When you look at Deborah, you look at Miriam, there's no first ladies. There's no lady elect, you know. There's no, uh, you know, elect lady, no co-pastor. Only if a, if, a, if a man with his tradition say so, which has made the glorious gospel of no effect, I can provide plenty of documentation because I studied the word. I don't go running off on my own tandems. You know, you've got to have spiritual proof and evidence to doctrinally debunk all these false claims, you know. What does scripture say? What is written in the word? Nor what, not what you think or twist or manipulate and take uh, from uh, or add to or to make it fit into your leaven, which leaven is the whole lump. Bible says, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. That's over in the book of Matthew chapter 16, verse 6 through 20, King James Bible. Why did God put that in there? This Jesus talking, it's in red. He's calling them out, so I'm going to call you out based on the word. Because it is going on. It does exist. I see what's on Facebook, making all these powerful statements, but you don't have no scripture documentation to back up nothing you say. And just because up on the on the address line, you say apostle so-and-so or bishop so-and-so, I don't just buy that stuff just because you got a title. I will come back and tell you where is it documented. And I, I suggest a lot of you out there who are taking these people's word for it, you do the same thing for, so you don't end up shipwrecked. I'm talking about spiritually shipwrecked. Let's go a little further here, man. You know, who 
go about trying to establish their own righteousness, which is no righteousness at all. The Bible calls them hypocrites and vipers. Over in the book of Matthew, chapter 15, verse 7 through 12, the King James Bible, it says, be ye separate, come out from among them. That's what Paul told them in the book of 2 Corinthians, chapter 6, verse 14 through 18, the King James Bible, know the truth and let the truth make you free. You know, and if Jesus Christ set you free and, and him only, then only are you free indeed. Now we can stand fast in the liberty where Christ has made us free and not be entangled with the yoke of abundance again, as we read in the book of Galatians, letter Paul wrote to the church, chapter 5, verse 1. It's all right there, the King James Bible. I ain't making this stuff up. This is what's been documented. This was the claim that was made by Paul, by Jesus, by all of them. And they provided proof that this was authentic. This was infallible. This was inspired word of God. This wasn't based on philosophy, excellency of speech, tradition of men. This came through a demonstration of the spirit and power of God. Remember, the spirit was on Jesus. He was approved of the Father. The spirit was on Paul on the road to Damascus. When he went into Damascus, and Ananias laid hands on him, you know, anointed him, you know. You know, stop out here trying to, you know, rather than dazzle people, man, with your title. Okay, how many times you say it, you know, claim it. You know, where's your proof? Where is the, where's the proof? But what you're saying is authentic, infallible, inerrant, you know, pure word of God. You know, it's all he's obligated. He said, be it to us according to the word of God in the book of John, chapter 8, verse 32, 36. You know, again, you can go verify these scriptures. God wants you to know the truth. Uh, but for our transition, he says, beware of the false teachers that are out there. First book of Timothy Chapter 4, verse 1 through 16. This is Paul telling a pastor named Timothy. Timothy, you're getting ready to go into a church to be a pastor and a bishop. But I want you to know going in, beware of the false teachers. They're already there. Beware of the Antichrist, y'all. They're already on the earth, those ministers of light. Satan got ministers of light out there. you know, And they got a little power. They say things in such a way, man, get you amped up. It sounds so good, you just got to believe it. Because you're looking at the title, but Paul said, look, Timothy, look, pastors, beware of these false teachers. Beware of the Antichrist. Beware of those angels of light. Remember, Satan knew the scripture, tried to trick Jesus, just like he tricked Eve in the garden. He tried to do the same most not today. And some of you falling for it. But the scripture warns us. Paul said, beware of them, Timothy. I'm telling you, beware of them. Get in your word, study your word, read your word, hear your word, memorize your word, meditate on your word so you can have that word readily available when you get attacked. Jesus did when he went in, when he was led out into the wilderness, full of power and led by the Spirit. Father had already approved of him after John baptized him. And the first encounter he had with Satan, listen to what he did, listen to what he claimed and what he proved. He proved that he had been in the temple studying the word when he was 12 years old, learning under those great teachers and great Bible scholars. In the next 18 years, that was his custom. Why? He knew it was going to come a time when he was going to have to claim something and then have proof to back up what he claimed. Hey! But if he had not prepared himself for those three and a half years of ministry, Satan could have tricked him. Satan could have fooled him. Satan could have made a, a, a mockery out of him. But Jesus knew what was written. And he knew the father had approved of him. You got these folks running around out here, man. God ain't approved of you. The brotherhood approved of you. And they stand between God and the, the authentic word of God. 
and they give more precedent and more credence and credibility to that gospel than they do the true gospel, which is the only gospel that's got the power to make you free in the salvation, according to the book of Romans, chapter 1, verse 16. He said, it is the power of God in the salvation for all who shall believe. But you can't be ashamed of the gospel. Paul said, it's not I, but it is the Christ. For I am crucified with Christ Jesus. Nevertheless, not I, but the Christ that lives inside. How can you preach except you be sent? And how can, you know, if God don't send you? People can't believe unless God send you. Oh, how beautiful are the feet of those who proclaim the good news of the gospel, not the tradition of men. And he goes on to say in the book of 2 Peter, chapter 2, verse 122, the King James Bible, same thing. Talks about these false prophets, these false teachers that have already gone out. They're already out there, you know. Verse 20, he says this in the book of John, the fifth chapter. I want you to think about the proof now. We're going to run through the proof, and then we're going to get out of here. Who Jesus said he was, he proved it. Who you say you are, are you proving it? Or are you just repeating stuff? And there's no power. You know, there's, there's, there's no miracles. There's no signs. There's no wonder. People are still sicker today than they were before you said it. Verse 20. For the Father loveth the Son, and showeth him all things that himself doeth. And he will show him greater works than these that ye may marvel, not in yourself, not in your title, not in how you dress, the car you drive, the plane you fly around in, rather dazzle people with all that stuff that you want to. But these are not the signs and wonders that's supposed to follow those who believe. He wants you to marvel at what he's doing, not what you're trying to do, conjure up. Where is the proof? He, he, his great works, God's love for his son, and God shows him what to do. Is God showing you what to do or you just coming up with something? Verse 21, he says this, For as the Father raises up the dead and quickeneth them, even so the Son quickeneth whom he will. I'm, I'm praying and believing along with the rest of our pastors and our leadership team is that these miracles will return back to the body of Christ. These signs and these wonders will come back to the body of Christ where they originated. But God has got to clean his temple, just like he did before. He went into his father's house, and he said, wait a minute. He took that whip with that cat nine on it, and he whipped them, and he cleaned that temple out. Man, he said, do not make my father's house a den of merchandise and thieves with selling and stuff up in here. But my father's house shall be a house of purity. I mean, he wanted to clean up all that stuff, tradition and all that stuff, ways of man. He said, it shall be a house of power. It shall be a house of purity and power and it shall be a house of, 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 of perfected praise up in here and a house of prayer those four things that he said shall be in his father's house and it's the least that we see in the house right now how can the miracles come back up in there get all that tradition out of there those on and say you know where's the proof where is the proof verse 22 he says for the father judges no man but hath committed all judgment unto the Son. That's what Jesus is going to do. Why? It's because if it contradicts what Jesus taught when he was right here teaching and John was witnessing and writing it down as a revelation. Why? So that these things could be unto us that we might believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that we only have eternal life through his name. You go read the book of John chapter 20 verse 31 to King James. It's all right there. That's why we have these things. Not so I can make money off of it. Where's the proof? Verse 23, he says, that all men should honor the son, even, and not, not your bishop, not your apostle, more than the son, but the son, Jesus Christ, 
capital in my Bible, even as they honor the Father. Why? He, he's co-equal with the Father. He's not above the Father. When you see the Father working, Jesus said, I work hitherto. I do what I saw my Father do. I don't try to go beyond that. I don't try to be wonderful, magnificent. I don't try to be no novelist. I try to line my life up, man, that's supported by the Scripture. That's enough. If we could just do that, that's enough. We need to try to create nothing new. It's all right there. You know, he said, he said, I honor, he says, and he that honoreth not the son, honoreth not the father. Some people don't even believe that Jesus is real. They come up with all, he's a prophet. There's other ways to get to heaven. You know, Jesus ain't the only way. You got prominent mega priests out there don't want to talk about Jesus. They talk about God universal. Why? Because it's politically correct. And the Bible says in the book of Acts chapter 4, verse 12, King James Bible, Jesus' name is the only name by which men can be saved. There's no other name. You can't even go to God and get acknowledgement from God unless you go in the name of Jesus. That's the, that, that's the key right there. That's the access code. Father, I come in the name of Jesus. Yes. I, I put some ice on it. I say in the awesome, incredible, amazing name of Jesus. That wonderful name of Jesus. Mm. A lot of us just like to go say, God, 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 because we don't want to acknowledge Jesus as the son. And we want God to do miracles and signs and wonders. You know, we've been acknowledging the son. He said, no man can come to the father except by Jesus. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody gets to the father except by me. When you see my father, you see me. When you see me, you see my father. We are one. And the work we do, we do together. Yes. Goes on here and says, where's your proof now? Where is the proof? Proof has a purpose behind it. In this case, that all may honor the son. The fact of proof is, if Jesus Christ is not honored, God is not honored. God is not honored. God is not honored. Verily, verily, verse 24, he says, that that word is again, verily, verily, I say unto you, he that hears my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death into life. Where is the proof? His power over people's destiny to save people from death. He shows how men are saved by hearing his word, by believing that God sent his son, Jesus Christ, with the result of eternal life. That's the proof. That's the proof. Jesus, Jesus is saying it, but then he's proving it. He's giving you the proof. You know, verse 25, he said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the hour is coming and now is when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God and they that here shall live. Remember that now. If anybody die in Christ, though they be dead, yet shall they live. Jesus is saying, he's talking about spiritually dead now. There could be a whole lot more people, man, that's spiritually dead right now made alive if we would just preach what Jesus said. If we would just claim what he said, we can have the proof of eternal life. We can have people come into life spiritually. But we're not doing that. We're creating and fabricating stuff to tell people to make them feel good. Itching ear. You know, everywhere in the doctrine, people toss to and fro all over the place. You know, he goes on to say, where's the proof? Verse 26, for as the father hath life in himself, so hath he given to the son to have life in himself. Remember now, back in the book of John chapter one, it says in the beginning was the word, meaning Jesus. In the beginning was the word, meaning Jesus. And the word was with God, meaning Jesus. And Jesus came and as many as received him, verse 12 of chapter one of the book of John, he gave, he, he called them, Gave them the power to become the sons of God. And he says in verse 14, he was the light and the life of every man. Mm -hmm. Came to bring life. 
didn't come to condemn, came to save that which was already condemned. Yes. Goes on in verse 26, where's the proof? He says, for the father hath life in himself, so hath the son, so hath he given to the son that have life in himself. Where's the proof? We see the energy behind life in him. That's what he came with. You know, it was that, it was that blessing on him from the father. It was that commission on him from the father. It was that purpose on him from the father. It was that plan for his life, how the father was going to use him once he accepted. You know, you know, he said, Father, if, if, if this cup, if this bitter cup, if, if it's not your will, take it. But nevertheless, not my will, but that will be done. That, that's what that was the energy. That's what motivated him. Remember, he said, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me. That was enough. He knew he was pleasing the father and the father was working with him. Where's the proof? You know, we see it right there. Uh, we see the energy behind life in him. Uh, his energy brings life the proof of his self-existence. He was the preeminent Christ. He was the preeminent one in the beginning, even before the foundation of the world. He was always with God. And he came down from God. You know, dwelt among us full of grace and truth. Verse 27, he said, and he had given him authority to execute judgment also because he is the son of man. Where is the proof? His authority is everywhere to execute judgment. Proof of his claim to be the son of man. He said, look, if you're not going to believe me, Jews and Gentiles now, if you're not going to believe me for what I say, believe me for the work I do. Believe me for the signs and the miracles. Believe me for the proof that I've experienced and I have shown to you. Believe me for that. Jews required that sign, but Gentiles didn't. They, they believe by faith. And we know faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word. Let them hear the word so faith can come because you can't please God without faith. They who come to him must first believe that he is who he say he is. Where's the proof? You claim you know Jesus, but where's the proof? Why do we doubt him and why do we continue in sin? Where's the proof? Why do we continue to say we love God who we never seen, hate our brothers and sisters who we see every day? Where's the proof? Making all these claims. Verse 28, he says, marvel not at this. For the hour is coming in which all that are in the grave shall hear his voice and come forth. They're going to have to get up out of that grave because there's a great white throne judgment coming. Then you're going to have to give an account for everything. Now is the time, so you need to be getting ready. Living your life today in light of eternity. Now is the day. <clears throat> you need to live up to those claims and what has been proclaimed. You know, salvation is available. It's made available. You know, you know. Jesus, is, 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 he's trying to prove to you, I'm the Savior. There's nobody else by which men can be saved. No other name. It's me. Look at what I'm doing. I'm bearing proof. I'm demonstrating proof. I'm healing the sick. You know, I'm, I'm freeing the lame man for 38 years couldn't get free. You know, you know, I'm calling men and women from the north, the south, the east, and the west. I'm offering them salvation. I'm, I'm requiring them to believe. Just come to me and believe. Why? For, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believed in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. I'm the way to the Father. You can't even see it except you be born again. You can't even see this kingdom I'm talking about. You can't enter this kingdom except you be born of the water and of the spirit, your physical birth and your spiritual birth. Got to have both of those. That, that is born of the flesh is flesh. That is born of the spirit is spirit. We ain't teaching and preaching this to the people. We claim it's something, you know, Claim is something that, that if you just be baptized, you're going to go to heaven. 
No, you got to first be baptized into the family of God through the Holy Spirit when the word of God convicts your heart, when you believe the word. You can go down in the water all you want to. A wet demon, come up as a wet demon. But when you identify with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ through the confession of your faith, as we see in the book of Romans chapter 6, verse 4, that's your grave. You die in that wet grave. That's how you identify with the dead burial of Jesus Christ. But notice what he said. Now, when you come up out of that water, you are supposed to walk in the newness of life. That's what's not happening. People just getting out of the water. They run around saying, I've been baptized. I'm going to heaven. They ain't confessed no Jesus Christ. They ain't repented no sins. Just became a candidate for baptism. That's the tradition of men that have made the glorious gospel of no effect. You can get all the candidates for baptism. You can baptize 25 of them. I don't care. If they don't confess with their mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in their heart that God raised them from the dead, the Bible said, then and only then shall thou be saved. Now you've got to call on the name of the Lord and be saved. For with the mouth, confession is made unto, unto salvation. The heart, you believe it unto righteousness. But you've got to have some confession. Water don't make nobody saved. You must be born again. Born from above. And the son is the only one that can save you. Not your bishop, not your apostle, not the tradition of the church. All right, we're coming on in now. I got two more scriptures and I'm finished. Verse 29 says this, And shall come forth they that have done good unto the resurrection of life, and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. I hope y'all hear me now. Look what he's claiming here. This ain't my claim. This is what Jesus is claiming. And there's going to be some proof. Look at what he said. And shall come forth, they that have done good unto the resurrection of life. Die with Jesus, you're going you're gonna to raise, you're going to be raised with him. He says, and there's another side of this coin. Which side are you on? And they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. That final reward, that final punishment. Where there shall be gnashing and gnashing of teeth, cast in the outer darkness forever. The result, people who have done good will be resurrected to life. On the other hand, people who have done evil will be resurrected unto damnation. Separation from God for eternity. Verse 30, and I'm finished. And I can of my own self do nothing. This is what Jesus is claiming here. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just. Better be careful what you out there claiming with no proof. Because I seek not mine own will. Stop seeking your own will. Seek the will of God. You can't seek the will of God if you ain't in the word of God. But the will of the Father, which have sent me, where's your proof? Where's your proof that you called of God? Where's your proof that you're doing the will of God? Where's your proof that you're serving God? Just because you got a title? Hmm? Where's your proof? The judgment will be a just judgment. Well, guess what? The reward will be a just reward. You just got to decide where's your proof. Where's my proof? I'm making all these claims about who I am. But where's your proof? Where's the fruit from your labor? Where's your proof? Some of you have never ever confessed Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Some of you have never asked him to forgive you of your sins. That's why you continue there in some of you don't want to preach about Jesus because you know your deeds are evil. They'll be, they'll be revealed. That's why you want to preach a comfortable gospel, an easygoing gospel, out of all these different message translations, all these other Bibles that change 
the, the name of Jesus in the Bible to change the way to get to the Lord, get to the Father. Based on tradition of men, all these new Bibles out there where you don't wrote in scriptures and changed scriptures and took scriptures out of the Bible, trying to make it easy, trying to show people some easy way instead of showing them the straight and the narrow way. Broad is that way, that way unto man that seemeth right, but it leadeth to the way of destruction. You know, warding down the gospel, adding stuff to it, taking stuff, mixing a little bit of this with a little bit of that. It's not the pure, unadulterated, authentic, infallible word of God because you done mixed your tradition in it with it. And it has made the glorious gospel of no effect. So as we come today to the, to the closing, I pray and hope that as you get off this line today, that if you make a claim about who you are as a Christian, that you have some proof to back it up, that you have established yourself in the word of God, on the truth. That is your foundation. That that has been taught by the apostles and prophets. I'm not talking about these folks running around with these titles. I'm talking about the original apostles and prophets. What Jesus said, there is no greater foundation that can be laid than that which has already been laid. It's right over there in the book of Ephesians. You know, you can go read it for yourself. Where Jesus Christ is the chief cornerstone. He's the one who rightly knitly fits us together into the body of Christ, the household of faith. You know, and he said, we got to do this until we all come into the unity of the faith. What faith? The faith we preach, faith in Jesus Christ, you know, all the knowledge that we obtain. That's not going to get us anywhere unless it produces faith, because without faith, it's impossible to please God. The book of Hebrews, chapter 11, verse six, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word. I'm praying and hoping that you've heard the word of God today and, and faith has sprang forth in you and that you understand today that any claims I make requires proof. It requires proof. It requires some experience that cannot stand without an experiment with the word of God. Just because I say it, no, no. I got to hear the word of God and do the word of God. Be not a forgetful year. So, Father, we thank and praise you today for what our ears have heard. We thank and praise you today, Father, that we now have your word. What Jesus claimed, we can claim and proclaim. Because he will watch over his word and perform it for us. Now, let your word dwell in us richly. God, I pray today over the ears of those out there who don't have a personal intimate relationship with you, but their relationship with God, Father God, has been between brotherhood and God. But we want to eliminate brotherhood and we want the people, God, to, 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 to base their salvation, claim their salvation based on the teachings of the word of God, the inspired, infallible, authentic word of God, as Paul told Timothy. Not on false doctrine, false teaching, not on the philosophy of men, but God, based on a, a demonstration of the spirit and power of God that comes straight through the spirit of truth, that the, the promise of the Father that you left in the earth to teach us all things and to bring all things back to our remembrance that we just learned that Jesus taught while he was on this earth, the revelation of Jesus Christ that, that had proof that he was who he said he was because of the work that he did and that his father did hitherto. So, Father, we're just praying right now in the name of Jesus that someone right now that's lost, that have heard this truth, is repenting of their sins right now and asking you to forgive them and to come into their hearts, God, and be their Lord and be their personal Savior, that they no longer be bound by the tradition of men that have made the glorious gospel of no effect. It doesn't matter who they are because you said there's no, there's no difference between the Jew, the Greek, the barbarian, the, the Gentile, whoever, God. Whoever right now will call on the name of the Lord, you said they shall be saved. 
and we're calling them out of darkness into your marvelous light right now. The word have gone out, and you said in the book of uh, Psalms, uh, chapter 119, verse 1, as the entrance of the word give it light. They can now see God. They can see their way to the eternal salvation. And these things, God, that we're, we're, we're revealing right now, they were revealed to us and they were revealed to John. It's so that these that are hearing the word today can believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he's the only way, the pathway to eternal life. Not through your apostle, not through your bishop, not through false prophets and false teachers who proclaim things that are not based on the gospel. But Father, we've given them your word. We've published your word. We've declared your word. We, we're demanding right now in the name of Jesus by the Holy Ghost conviction to come on those hearts out there right now that are wavering so that your word will not come back for it, but it'll do what you please in the purpose which you sent. We thank you that backsliders right now are coming back to you because you married to them. We thank you that even right now, God, those pastors out there that you have given after your own heart, they abandoned and being after the people that their pastor's heart today, trying to teach and preach what people want to hear with itching ears, being tossed to and fro with everyone, but they'll get back to the teaching of the good news of the gospel. Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, where the power is in the gospel, according to the book of Romans, chapter 1, verse 16. But how can they preach except they be sent? And Father, we're praying today in the name of Jesus for those prodigal sons and daughters who are going out into the world, who've fallen into riotous living, wasting up all of their, their, their parents' blessings. And now they're in the pig pens of life, Lord God, and they're eating well below the standard that you want them to eat, God. But we're praying they come to their right minds and return back to their, to their father's love. We're praying over the, 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 the ones who have lost their identity out there that are operating in the abominations of life because they've chosen a lifestyle, God, that is not of God and it's an abomination according to your word, according to the laws in the book of Leviticus chapter 18 through 23. You said it, God. You said they've left the natural use of their bodies and gone after that, that flesh that's calling them as it was in Sodom and Gomorrah and, and in the days of Noah, God. They continued in marrying and righteous living and practicing homosexuality and all these other devious activities. But God, today I pray in the name of Jesus, somebody's been touched by this word. Somebody understands what you're claiming is what you will prove for them if they'll give you a chance, if they'll turn to you right now and turn away from their evil ways in life, God, and trust you, God, as we call them right now, God out of darkness into your marvelous light. We're praying that somebody out there right now, God, that don't understand the deity of Jesus Christ, what he claimed is what he proved. That right now, God, they abandon all those other teachings, those false teachings that's not based on doctrine, not based on what is documented, but it's based on the tradition of men who don't like to retain the teaching of Jesus Christ in their doctrine because their deeds are evil. And they don't want people to put their trust in you. They want them to put it in them. The Pope, the Rosary, all these other things, Buddha, all these other things that men worship, all these other systems of idolatry, systems of the world. There's no other way. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. We're praying right now that this word go out and it does not come back forward. We thank you for the results right now. We yes. thank you that there shall be proof that this was the authentic and fallible word of God that went out today. And we'll see the proof, God, that your word has been proclaimed. It's been taught. It's been preached, God. We've done what you told us to do. Yes. Now, Father, we watch you perform your word because you watch over to perform it. We put you in remembrance of it. Now, Father, bring it to pass. This is our prayer right now in the awesome, incredible, amazing name of your son, Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that we have proof. Your word is the proof. And the harvest right now is going to be your proof. 
that you are God, you are the Savior. And as your name has been lifted up, we thank you for drawing them now from the north, south, east, and west. The harvest is plenty, but it's coming in now. And we give you the praise for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. All right. Well, I'm finished. I'm finished. I'm finished. Hope you got something out of the word today. I am finished. Praise God for his word. Where's your proof? Where is your proof? <laughs>